So what did you think of the video? I, I love it. I, 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 if somebody has done some counseling in the past, I just, all these things are things that people share in counseling sessions and, and they believe them. And yet this, in case you didn't miss it, it was bad, bad marital advice, right? But the reason I think it was uncomfortable is because there's enough stuff in there that you kind of think you read yourself into it a little bit, or at least you've read yourself into parts of times that you thought similar things, or you've heard your friends say similar things, or there's just an overwhelming sadness that kind of goes in with the humor there, and it's an interesting kind of thing. The reason I love it is because we're in the middle of this sermon series entitled God's Guide to Healthy Relationships. And this is just a time of year where marriages struggle, where relationships struggle between friends, between parents and kids, just you name it. It's a high stress time as you get back into the flow of things. And it just seems never ending at some points. If you talk to parents that have kids and activities in school and this and this and this, it just, it's a never ending process and you can get overwhelmed and tired and fatigued. And so today I want to talk to you about another building block that will actually help create healthy relationships in your life or, or restore healthy relationships in the midst of the storms, in the midst of the difficulty. And today I want to talk about another one of these building blocks, and it's the building block of listening. So I want you guys to listen today because it's really important. Um, But learning to listen is one of the most crucial things that you can do to develop healthy relationships in your life. And it's one of the things that is absent, or at least is a struggle for a lot of couples as they go through life. In fact, probably the number one complaint I hear from people about relationships goes along these lines. He never listens to me. She never understands what I say. He doesn't value my opinion. He doesn't understand me. She never listens. The source of so many of our problems, at least when it comes to relationships with other people, is simply the fact that we just don't listen so well. We don't hear what they say. And it's because it creates so many problems, I want to talk to you today about how is it that we could actually improve our hearing. This is something that all of us could apply at different times in our lives. And it is a skill that you can develop. So you can't play victim and say, I just can't do it. It's something that you can actually work on and develop and do. And so God says, if you want to improve your hearing today, if you want to have fewer arguments, if you want to have more friends, be a lot wiser and even be healthier, How can I say that? Well, Dr. James Lynch has proven that every time you listen, your blood pressure goes down, right? Because you're seeking understanding. And every time you speak, your blood pressure goes up, probably because you think nobody's listening, right? So my blood pressure is probably higher than yours right now, right? Just given that. But what exactly is listening? It's more than just hearing the sounds. It's more than just hearing the words. It's more than waiting your turn to talk and the whole time thinking about what your retort is going to be. It actually is being able to tune in with the other person and focus on and concentrate on what they're saying. And this is huge because it satisfies a deep human need that all of us have. And it's the need to be appreciated. And we talked a little bit about this last week. To receive attention. And all of us have this need. And when you listen to somebody, it just shows this. It shows that you care about them. That they matter to you. That you mean business. That you take them seriously. It shows that you want to understand them that you think they're important. See, listening in every way just shows the other person that they matter to you and that you love them. Paul Turnier once said that it's impossible to overemphasize the immense need of human beings to really be listened to. And so if you want to improve your relationships in your life with your spouses, with your kids, with your friends, with the people you work with, you've got to improve your hearing. Let me give you an example. 
Article I read the other day was entitled, Learning to Listen. A man whose car had stalled because of a dead battery on a crosstown expressway managed to hail a passing motorist who agreed to help him. Since my car has an automatic transmission, he explains, you'll have to get up to about 30, 35 miles an hour to get me started. The motorist nodded in agreement, smiled, and walked back to her car. After a few minutes of waiting for her to line up her car behind him, the man suddenly began to wonder where she had gone. Suddenly, he spotted her in her, his rearview mirror, bearing down on him at 30 to 35 miles an hour. Why? She wasn't listening. I mean, parents all the time who say, I don't understand. All of a sudden, my kid's gone off the deep end, but it's just not true. The fact is, he's been telling you for a while. He's been sending signals, but you haven't been listening. Someone said, I woke up one morning, and all of a sudden, my husband was having an affair, or my wife has left me. That's not true either. They've been telling you sometimes for weeks, sometimes for months, sometimes for years. Again, you just weren't listening. And so you start asking, how do I improve my hearing? Because I guess I don't hear so well at times. Well, there's three hearing aids in the Bible that God gives us that will drastically improve our hearing, the ability to to focus on and, and understand other people so that you can have better relationships in your life. In fact, all three of these things are seen in the life of Jesus over and over again. And so one of the first things that Jesus modeled always was he modeled listening with his eyes. Approximately 80% of all conversation is nonverbal, as that guy in the video said. Gesture, facial expressions, the way you look, body language, they're all important. In Mark 10, verse 21, Jesus says this, or it says this powerful thing. It says, Jesus looked at him, and he's talking about the young, rich, young ruler. Jesus looked at him and loved him. And it just kind of emphasizes a simple point. If you love people, if you love this person in your life, you'll begin and you'll learn to look at them. Because it's a gift when people look at you in the eye. It says that you have my undivided attention. You are valued. You are significant. You are actually worth listening to. And I'm going to prove it by looking at you in the eye. Parents, I'll just ask you, when was the last time that you got down on your knees and looked eyeball to eyeball into your kid's eyes and And listen to what it is that they had to say. To really focus in on what they were trying to tell you. Or got a footstool and looked up to your kids because some of them have grown past you now, right? Looking at them in the eye, though, not listening to them while you're reading the paper or fixing dinner or looking at your iPad, but just eyeball to eyeball, undivided attention, looking at them in the eye. It's a gift. And what you're saying when you do that is that you matter to me. And what's crazy is our kids do matter to us. But so often we put our own entertainment, the TV, the iPads, the whatever, the paper, the this or that. We put so many things and prioritize them as more important. And we say to our kids over and over, you don't matter. God says, maybe reverse that and emphasize and prioritize the things that do. Some of you husbands and wives, it's been years, actually, since you looked each other in the eye and really talked to each other eyeball to eyeball. In fact, for you to do it now would be almost uncomfortable because it would be weird. We're looking at each other. It's been so long. And yet it's something that you can redevelop it because, again, it says the same thing to your spouse. It says you matter. You're important. And this is so crucial to the relationships that we have in our lives. So hear me say this, husbands, wives, your mate wants your attention. And if your mate doesn't get your attention in a positive way, they'll tend to get it in a negative way, I promise you. 
Parents, your kids are starving for attention, and they want it more than money or anything else. Although I was practicing this in the car at the swimming yesterday, and Emmys were like, right on, Dad, you're right. And Katie was like, well, don't underestimate the money thing. That's kind of, uh, you know. anyway. But they want our attention. And again, if they don't get it in positive ways, they're going to get it in negative ways. Again, I promise you. So you look people in the eye, and you listen with the eye. It says again, Jesus looked at him and loved him. Raquel Welch once said, you can't fake listening. And it's true. You can pretend, but they know you're a million miles away. You can't fake it. And so Jesus says, we need to learn to listen with our eyes. He goes on and gives us another thing that he modeled over and over. And he says, listen with your heart. A good example of this is in John 4, verse 16 through 19, where Jesus was with the woman at the well. And the woman at the well is trying to get Jesus off in a lot of just theological discourse, a lot of doctrinal speculations. She says, well, what, worship, what mountain is it that we should worship on? Our tradition says this, your tradition says that. But in the middle of this discourse, Jesus kind of cuts through the whole thing. And he says, lady, your problem is you've had lousy relationships. You've been married five times, and the person that you're living with now isn't even your husband. The issue was that Jesus was listening with the heart. He could see the hurt beneath all the stuff that she was talking about. He used to have a professor at seminary that whenever you would ask him a question, he said, why? You know, why are you asking that question? And it's actually a brilliant thing to say why because it usually cuts through some of the ambiguity and gets to the heart of what they really want to know. When you're talking to people, there's always hurt underneath. Why? Because life is hard and people are worried about stuff and and stressed about stuff and and fearful about other things. And sometimes their reaction to you, even though you're taking offense at it, is really due to something else that's going on in their lives. We've got to learn to start listening with the heart so that we can see the hurt underneath. It helps us be sympathetic to find the pain, the hurt. It gives us understanding of why they're doing what they're doing. The key to listening with the heart is to find the hurt behind the words and then to deal with it. And so I'll just ask you, do you do that when you're talking with your spouse or with your kids or with your friends? Or is the second it gets a little bit awkward or too hard, do you just kind of change the subject or say, don't worry about it, it's not that bad, or somehow minimize what they're going through? Somebody might ask, you know, why spend a whole Sunday morning talking about listening? And it's because... The number one cause of affairs in America today, the number one cause of adultery, the number one cause that marriages break up is because somebody found a sympathetic ear someplace outside the marriage. Most affairs do not start with sexual attraction. Most affairs start because somebody found a sympathetic ear at work, but they didn't find it home. They found somebody who would look at them in the eye and say, you matter to me. And I'll tune in while the person at home is too busy tuning out. Listening with the eye and the ear and the heart builds stable marriages. It's been said that a man is already half in love with a woman who will listen to him. And so listening not only builds strong marriages, but listening keeps your kids on track. You catch the little cues that they're throwing at you. And you don't wake up one day and say, what's happened to my kid? How come they've gone off the deep end? Because you've been listening the whole time. I think too often, though, they've been telling us all along with all these little signs and we weren't hearing, we weren't tuned in. And so Jesus says we need to start listening with our hearts. Maybe even ask the question, especially to the kids, why do you ask that, honey? What's really going on? And Jesus goes on to a third one to think about, and it's you make time to listen. Jesus did this all the time, going off to solitary places to to connect with with his father, right, with God. 
He spent all sorts of times with his disciples trying to make sure that they understood the lessons that he was trying to teach, that they understood the way to salvation, that they understood that he was going to die even though they somehow didn't get that piece, you know, but he spent all sorts of times trying to teach them and show them who he was. So you schedule it, you put it in the program, you calendar it in your schedule. Experts tell us that the average couple in America spends 26 minutes a week in serious conversation. It's pathetic. I'd say North Phoenix, though, it's probably an exaggeration. In our area, 80% of the people, both husband and wife, work outside the home. And so we come home to a bed and breakfast, kiss goodnight. Nobody's really talking or listening to anybody else. We're living separate lives together, living in the same homes. So I challenge you, especially if you're married, to schedule it, to date your mate. You need to have a date with your mate at least once a week. Does anybody here remember or know how busy your lives get with kids or with doctor's visits or just with the the, the drama that's going on in your life? You've got to have those breaks where you reconnect with each other and say, hey, I miss you. What's been going on? How about grandparents? Don't you like it when you get a, a call from your, your, your grandkids and, and they tell you everything that's going on in your life? Sometimes you've missed weeks or months of their lives and they're filling you in. We've got to schedule times to reconnect with the people that are important to us, to remind us that they do have value, to remind us of something we should never forget, at least in terms of our spouse. They actually had a choice. They volunteered to spend the rest of their lives with us. That should mesmerize us in some cases, Right? And they should never lose their value before us. Letter I came across one time. My husband is a research chemist and he loved to tell me about his experiments at work. But his use of technical language made me feel inadequate. So to protect my ego, I always appeared bored when he started talking about his work. Tom became so aloof and depressed and the problem began to affect our marriage. One day I overheard him say to someone, "If, if I only had somebody to talk to, it was then that I realized how foolish my pride was And later I told Tom, hey, if you don't mind explaining to a dunce like me, I'd really like to know about the details of the experiment that you're working on. She said Tom's face actually glowed. And then he broke down and he wept openly for the first time in their marriage. I so badly wanted you to say that, he said. Listening to him explain his work was a starting point for a new level of communication in our marriage. And so I'll just ask you again, do you need to start communicating with your mate? Do you need to start putting it aside your pride or your presumption or your impatience or your selfishness and just sit down and say, talk to me, what's going on with you? We haven't talked since last Tuesday. I mean, what's going, what's going on? Another, another one from Cecil Osborne's book entitled, Could You Listen? When I ask you to listen to me and you start giving me advice, you haven't done what I've asked. When I ask you to listen and you begin to tell me why I shouldn't feel that way, you're just trampling on my feelings. When I ask you to listen to me and you feel like you have to do something to solve my problems, you failed me, as strange as that may seem. Listen. All I'm asking you to do is listen. Not talk, not do, just hear me out. Advice is cheap. 20 cents will get you both a Dear Abby and a Billy Graham in the same paper. I can do that for myself. I'm not helpless. Maybe discouraged, maybe faltering, but but not helpless. And when you accept as a simple fact that I do feel the way I feel, no matter how irrational, then I can quit trying to convince you to get, uh, convince you and get about the business of understanding it all. So please listen and just hear me. And if you want to talk, wait a minute for your turn and I'll listen to you. I'm just convinced if, if we would start practicing this more in the relationships that we have, 
with our mate, with the people at work, with our kids, life would be so much easier. We'd have way more understanding of what was going on in their life, way more appreciation for the stresses or the hurts or whatever. We begin to see them as they are and not just as somebody that's kind of developed alongside us as we walk through life. But as important as all this is, there's something even more important than this, and it's the question, are we listening to God? I say that because in Matthew 17, verse 5, God says this, this is my son, listen to him. In fact, the number one priority of a Christian is probably this whole idea of listening to God, being connected to his word. It's the most important thing that you can do. Why? Because it's there that we're reminded that he loves us. And it's there that we're reminded that we're forgiven, that he hasn't given up on us, that even in the storms of life that he's still working things for our good. It's there that we're reminded that he's with us all the time. It's where we're reminded that we're his. And yet we get in the same patterns as we do with the people and relationships that we have on earth. We go sometimes weeks, sometimes months, not hearing his voice, not listening to his words, not being reminded of his love. But it's where in every way again we find him. Because it's there that we find the comfort and the strength and the peace that we need just to deal with life as it comes. And it's where we find the strength and the peace and sometimes the wisdom that we need to begin to communicate with other people in our life in ways that matter. Because as we talk about all this stuff on relationships, this has got to be one of the biggest things. And we all stink at it in different ways. And whether it's selfishness or presumption or preoccupation, you're always busy, we've got to find time to talk with each other. And we've got to find time to spend with God. And so those are my encouragements today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let us pray. Fathers, we come to you today. We, We pour ourselves open to you and just say, we stink at this. We stink at communication. We stink at paying attention. Even sometimes when we do it good, there's way too many examples that we can just think of automatically where we've not paid attention to our kids the way they've needed or our spouses the way we've needed. And it's caused complication in our lives, hurt feelings. Fathers, we look at our relationships and sometimes they're just hard. We pray for strength and wisdom to take a pause because usually that's what it is. Just take a pause and to value the people that you've placed in our life to value them as important. We believe they are in our minds. Now we just need to show them in our actions. Father, we need you to help us do that. And so we pray for your strengthening today. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.